If you're a pro, you know that this is not efficient because you know there's a better way. There's also a better way to save. When pro customers buy building supplies in bulk at Lowe's, they save up to 20% every day. Buy in bulk and save up to 20% on concrete, gypsum, and gypsum accessories. At Lowe's, buy more, save more. Visit the Pro Desk or Lowe'sForPros.com for details. Discount applies to contract to pack items. Minimum purchase required, U.S. only. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Cowboys. I'm your host, Drew Davison of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, a big week for the Cowboys. Week three, the Chicago Bears are coming in town. Cowboys looking to snap an eight-game home losing streak. That's the longest losing streak going in the NFL right now. But we are going to get you set for the game. Joining me in this crossover edition is Locked On Bears host, Arthur Arkish. And Arthur, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. Drew, it's my pleasure. Everything's going well. Uh, actually, the Bears can give the Cowboys a run for their money in terms of home futility. Also, 1-7 last season, but they managed to get a win in October, so the Cowboys' uh, streak is a little more impressive. Right. The Bears, I think, have a six-game home losing streak, which is the second worst streak, <laughs> but it should be interesting. The Cowboys are kind of viewing this as a must-win, even though they still have rookie Dak Prescott going. Clearly, the Bears are reeling. What's the latest on Jay Cutler, and how, how do you got, how do you think Brian Hoyer is going to kind of step in and fill the void there? Yeah, Jay Cutler's dealing with the uh, sprained ligaments in his thumb. Did not practice again today. It'll be a definite long shot if he goes. John Fox isn't. Uh, he's as he always does, keeping his cards very close to the vest. But uh, Cutler's not going to play, I don't think. And uh, that's kind of the big question here in Chicago: is which Brian Hoyer do we all see? Because Four or five months ago, the kind of I think the widespread belief was that the Bears are getting one of the better backup quarterbacks in football. Everything Hoyer's done since has uh, really kind of had everyone questioning that because he hasn't looked very good uh, throughout training camp or the preseason, and now he enters kind of a a broken offense, frankly, that hasn't gotten much going. So it's a pretty tough uh, tough order for for Hoyer, I believe. Right. Well, and from a Cowboys perspective, their pass rush has been a question mark. Uh, for the last couple of years. They had 31 sacks a season ago, 28 in 2014. They have gotten more pressure on the quarterback, but they certainly need to do that more, especially in week three against with the backup quarterback and get some more pressure and trying to get him to throw some bad passes. So it will be interesting to see what sort of pressure the Bear or the Cowboys can create against the Bears' offensive line. How, how, do, how do you see that matchup kind of playing out? Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. Obviously, uh, relative to the Cowboys being undermanned in terms of their pass rush, the Bears' uh, offensive line is intact, but it's only been that way for a few weeks now. Of course, they brought in Josh Sitton at the last second. Kyle Long is playing through a torn labrum, and actually it's the guys on the edges who have uh, been a lot bigger problems thus far. Bobby Massey on the right side has been a sieve. It, it hasn't looked good at all. And Charles Leno has been far too uh, up and down on the left side. So uh, the Bears' protection has been at the top of the list in terms of concerns right now. Um, but as you just alluded to, I, I, I kind of wonder if they get a little bit of a respite with Dallas. I, I know the Cowboys, what, have Tyrone Crawford rushing from the edge now? What have they done uh, to make up for the losses of Gregory and, and obviously Lawrence and, and others? Right, yeah, they have moved Tyrone Crawford to the end. He will see time there. They're paying it. They signed him to a $45 million contract a couple years ago. 
with the mindset that he would become a three-technique tackle, which in Rod Marinelli's Tampa 2 scheme, that is the Warren Sapp position. So a uh, very critical position. I wouldn't say he's regressed. It's more that they really like what Terrell McClain has provided in the inside as a three-tech. And they're just – Rod Marinelli right now, and he said this, he's just trying to get the four best linemen on the field. And right now that means – Tyrone Crawford shifts to the outside, and Terrell McClain takes care of the three techniques. So the uh, Cowboys defensive line has some question marks, so they have been able to, like I said, get a little bit of pressure. So it will be interesting to see if they can kind of take advantage of that, especially as you alluded to against the Bears' O-line and, and backup, or likely backup quarterback playing on Sunday night. And, I, you know, kind of sticking with the offense-defense matchup, Brandon Carr, Mo Claiborne all had good things to say about all Sean Jeffrey and, and Eddie Royal, two guys, two proven receivers on the edge. But the, the big question I think going into this game, Arthur, is can they get the ball or can Hoyer get the ball to those guys? Yeah, that's a, a fair question and something that Jay Cutler struggled to do for the better part of what, seven quarters or so. Um, I, I think – it's unbelievable the the spate of injuries that the Bears have dealt with this week, and it doesn't look real good right now actually with Alshon Jeffrey either, Drew. He missed practice on Thursday with a knee injury that the Bears are being very mum about, so uh, his status is very much up in the air right now, and if it's not Alshon, then, then whom? Then the Bears have real trouble because Kevin White has been slow uh, developing, and that was to be expected after missing his whole rookie year. Eddie Royal has actually been one of the more pleasant surprises on offense thus far, but uh, Royal, you know, is a, a good number three. Certainly not anyone who can fill in as a number one. So, as if the Bears had any more, as if Bears fans needed any more reason to worry this week. Suddenly, they are again with Alshon Jeffrey. It's probably not unlike what Cowboys fans were dealing with with all the suspensions in the off season. But let's assume for a moment that Alshon sure. is healthy. How are the Cowboys DBs equipped to hang with him? Yeah, the Cowboys DBs is probably their best unit on defense with a most experienced unit. Orlando Sanders is a big question mark. He is uh, arguably one of the better nickel backs in the NFL, but he is dealing with two hamstring strains, so he might not be able to go Sunday night, which leaves a lot on rookie Anthony Brown, a fifth-round pick out of Purdue. So. He could see some time as the nickel corner, but Mo Claiborne and Brandon Carr have each played better. Their careers have been up and down, but uh, Carr had a pick in week one. Safety Barry Church had a pick in week two. So uh, the the Cowboys have done a better job of of forcing turnovers, and and their secondary has held up well. So that should be an interesting matchup to watch and and see – if the Cowboys are able to shut down those those deep threats on the Bears. This is Locked On Cowboys. Again, it's a crossover episode with Locked On Bears, with Arthur Arkish. And, uh, and finally, Arthur, let's just hit on this real quick before we switch to the Cowboys offense against the Bears defense. Matt Forte has been so was for so long such a staple in the running game for the Bears. How has their running game looked with Lankford and have the principles pretty much remained the same despite Forte uh, being gone this year? 
Yeah, I mean, I suppose the principles have remained the same. The problem has just been the frequency that the backs have had their chances, primarily Lankford. We saw a little bit of the fifth-rounder Jordan Howard in the second half Monday night against the Eagles, but uh, Dawa Loggins just two-plus game. well, not even two-plus games. He's two games into his play-calling tenure with the Bears, and he is already under fire for that lack of a consistent run game, particularly uh, in the first half. Now, John Fox has said that it's been more... Uh, the result of the Bears falling behind in, in the second halves, but the numbers don't exactly bear that out. They've struggled to get things established early, and that's a big part of what led to Jay Cutler's success last season and what allowed Adam Gase to go on and become the head coach of the Dolphins. So uh, Langford hasn't shown a ton yet. Again, the offensive line is in a bit of flux just with the changes right on the on the cusp of the season, and Langford had a key fumble actually in the second half Monday night. So my... Uh, my best guess is that we're going to see more of Jordan Howard. He had, I think, just three carries uh, in his first action after being a healthy scratch in his debut, and he looked pretty good. He's he's known more for being a between-the-tackles banger, but uh, he's got some sneaky quickness to the edge, and uh, I really think that that will be a big point of emphasis for John Fox and Dowell Loggins is getting Howard more involved. Um, what do you think in terms of the Cowboys' run defense? It seems like it's been a little soft, and again, that probably shouldn't surprise anyone given all the uh, the absences that they're dealing with. Right, it has been soft, and the 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 Giants and the Redskins, to a certain extent, were able to establish the run in the first two weeks. So the Cowboys definitely need to get it stronger against the run. It's it's an area where you know, as you said, Cowboys as the listeners know have had their fair share of blows along the defensive line, but the linebacking course, I would expect Justin Durant mm-hmm. to start in at middle linebacker this week. He, uh, he He's played better than Anthony Hitchens, and the Cowboys have really taken him slowly uh, along because he didn't have a full off season, but you know he's kind of progressed and made a big game-ending play last week at Washington, and they like his instincts. They like what he brings at the middle linebacker spot, and he's just a little more polished than Anthony Hitchens. So mm-hmm. expect Justin Durant to start, and Sean Lee uh, has been flying around the field. He leads the team with tackles. He's been healthy. He's been able to play every defensive snap. So the Cowboys will continue to ride Sean Lee hard. And let's switch over to the Cowboys offense against the Bears defense. And again, this you know I, I would say this is uh, the, the storyline for the Cowboys remains Dak Prescott and just how well he's played so far in the first two weeks. He still doesn't have a touchdown pass, but he did rush for one last week in Washington, and he set an NFL record for most pass attempts with 75 without an interception through his first two games. So Dak Prescott has looked good. And it will be interesting to see this will be his first primetime game. And as I said, to open the show, the Cowboys are looking to snap this dubious home losing streak. So it'll be interesting how he handles the pressure against the defense and team. The Cowboys, a lot of people expect the Cowboys to win fairly easily, but, but looking at Dak Prescott, do you think the Bears will be able to get some pressure on him? And, and that's of course key every week, but how is the pass rush look for them? Yeah, uh, Vic Fangio, Bears defensive coordinator, has used the word average to describe the pass rush two weeks in a row. I think it improved a little bit versus Carson Wentz, uh, you know, fellow rookie 
Monday night, but it wasn't enough, obviously. I was impressed with the game plan from Vic Fangio. He definitely wasn't going to sit on his hands. If they were able to get the Eagles into some third and long situations, uh, Fangio was dialing up some pressure, and it was getting home a little bit. Wentz took some big hits. Uh, the problem is that when he wasn't when he wasn't using tricks and uh, sending extra rushers, they just they've struggled to get home with just four and. Uh, you know, the Eagles didn't exactly have a, a big play threat on the outside like Des Bryant, so it'll be interesting to see if that sort of changes Fangio's tune. And and we have to mention, of course, Lamar Houston, the Bears' best. I don't know if he was the best pass rusher. He was their most productive pass rusher. He was their sack leader last year, now lost for the year with a torn ACL. So the Bears are without their best defender in Pernell McPhee, and now they'll have to turn to Willie Young, of course, who uh, they rely on a ton to begin with, and then also Leonard Floyd, the number 9 overall pick, who really hasn't been so impressive thus far. Uh, How have the Cowboys done in terms of protecting Prescott? Everyone talks about that wonderful offensive line. Yeah, they've done well, and and Prescott, for the most part, has had ample time to find his receivers and go through his progressions. I think that's seen, you know, just in the stat sheet, each week he's been able to hit seven different targets. So he's he's going through his progressions well. He's reading the defense as well. He did, Tyron Smith did give up a sack last week. Uh, the all for a last tackle, that's a very rare thing to see Tyron Smith give up a sack. But right. all in all, the line has done a good job protecting him. But the bigger question is if this offensive line will be able to create some running lanes for Ezekiel Elliott. And I know you said the Bears' first-round pick hasn't been too impressive. Ezekiel Elliott has yet to live up to the hype as well. Uh, 51-yard rushing yards his first week and last week better numbers 83 rushing yards on 21 carries but and a touchdown but he had two fumbles so I'm sure the Bears saw that on film and will be trying to strip the ball from Ezekiel Elliott and uh, that's something he didn't struggle with at Ohio State at 650 offensive touches and only four fumbles but that's something the Bears have to you know have their eye on and, and be working on this week. Yeah, no doubt about it. The Bears uh, didn't come away with a, a turnover, weren't able to generate a turnover, I should say, at all. Last week had just one in Houston, and uh, there's no doubt they will be paying particular attention to Elliott's ball security issues late in that win over Washington. Drew, I have to say, though, it's not going to be easy for the Bears in terms of stopping Elliott if if he's got some room to run and if he has the trust of Jason Garrett and those guys. Uh, Eddie Goldman, high ankle sprain, their best player up front and, and really the, you know, the centerpiece of that 3-4 unit uh, is not going to play. Danny Trevathan, the big free agent acquisition, is uh, underwent thumb surgery this week. He is not going to play. Adrian Amos, the starting safety, the Ironman of the defense last year, is not going to play. So if you can uh, pick up on a trend that I'm, I'm laying down here, uh, the middle of the Bears defense is in tatters right now. And that's what, if I'm a, a Cowboys fan, my eyes are getting wide, not only with the thought of Ezekiel Elliott getting going, but what about Jason Witten and Cole Beasley? I think there may be some opportunities for those guys as well. Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure you reminded some Cowboys uh, listeners of last year. It just seemed injury after injury. Of course, they were more on the offensive side of the ball for the Cowboys last year rather than the defensive side. But, yes, it's hard to overcome injuries, and I agree with you. I think Jason Witten and Cole Beasley, Beasley's really become kind of Dak Prescott's security blanket. And for a guy who 
is a slot receiver who is in a lot of traffic or, you know, theoretically in a lot of traffic. He's managed to get himself open and, and win a lot of routes. So Dak Prescott's found him. And, of course, Jason Witten's always been a security blanket for Tony Romo, and he's kind of filled that role so far this year. The one area that the Cowboys must capitalize on, and as you said, even though they're going to be a banged-up group, the Bears, of course, will probably stack the box against Zeke like the Giants and Redskins have. But uh, where the Cowboys really need to improve, and this could be, you know, maybe facing a Bears defense helps them get it together is in the red zone. They they have not converted. They've settled for more field goals than touchdowns. Uh, you know, the field gets, you know, a lot smaller down in the red zone, of course, and there's not as much time for Dak to make the reads, and he hasn't hit on a few uh, touchdowns that should have been. So how have the Bears been in the red zone so far? I know it hasn't been a great season, but do you think the Cowboys might be able to turn the corner, so to speak, in the red zone against the Bears defense? Uh, you know, that's kind of one of the few things that Fangio's group has been able to hang their hats on so far is is playing better in the red zone. So, um, you know, it's it's kind of everything's up in the air this week, obviously, as we've, as we've talked about with all the absences. But, um, yeah, the Bears tend to be, you know, they're a well-coached team. There's still not a ton of talent, but with Vic Fangio, one of the better uh, play callers, one of the better orchestrators in the NFL, they've actually uh, kind of been able to play over their heads a little bit, and they they seem to particularly uh, stiffen when it does get down inside their own 20. So it'll be interesting to see. I know the Cowboys obviously have some big-time red zone threats, and uh, you know it starts with Des Bryant, of course. Uh, very excited to see him match up a little bit against Tracy Porter and maybe even against some of the Bears' younger corners. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, I suspect this will be an opportunity for Dallas to get it going and, and potentially put some more points on the board, Drew. Yeah, well, and I think, and finally, Des Bryant. We we got to touch on him real quick. He he's having he had his first hundred yard game last week against the Redskins, and like you said, Tracy Porter could be on him quite a bit. The Redskins eventually had Josh Norman shadow him uh, late or in the second half last week. So, uh, but Des has become a bigger threat, and after having one catch for eight yards in the season opener, so. That matchup should be interesting. Do you think Porter will follow him, or do you, are the Bears kind of, you know, who, if Dez lines up in the slot or on the outside, do they just kind of go with uh, go with their guys? Yeah, they played sides more last week. Uh, Porter did do some traveling last season, whether it was Amari Cooper or Demarius Thomas. We've seen it both ways. Fangio said last year it wasn't his preference, and that was kind of new to him. Uh, but he didn't have a lot of options given the the situation at corner last season, and it's actually one of the positions that's been a pleasant surprise this year. So I'd expect Porter to stay on one side, and I wouldn't expect him to go into the slot. But again, and I hate to sound like I'm beating a dead horse here, Bryce Callahan, the Bears' nickel, is one of the many banged-up defenders this week. He's dealing with a concussion, and it's a huge drop-off down to Sherrick McManus. So uh, it's going to be a big-time task for Fox and Fangio and the secondary coach, Ed Donatel, and uh, I'm as anxious as you are to see what plan they're going to have in store for Dez and the rest of that crew. All right, again, talking with Arthur Arkish of Locked On Bears. This is a crossover podcast. I'm Drew Davidson with Locked On Cowboys. And before we let you go, Arthur, uh, do you have a prediction for Sunday night? 
Yeah, you know, I thought that it would be an opportunity for the Bears to uh, at least find better protection offensively and maybe get some things going just looking at this Cowboys defense. But now with Hoyer stepping into a tough spot and, and given all the issues that the Bears are dealing with, I think the Cowboys are going to win. Uh, my score initially, I think I had 21 to 13. Don't quote me on that. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, I'll still stick with that. Maybe the Cowboys put up something closer to, to 24, maybe 27. But, uh, yeah, I think they're going to win even more comfortably than I initially thought. What about you? Yeah, I also think the Cowboys will win. I think they're going to have to settle for a few field goals as they, I think, as you said, the Bears' red zone D hasn't been as bad as, you know, most may have expected given their start of these first two weeks. So I got them winning 27-17. I think, you know, a 10-point game sounds about right Sunday night. Uh, so I do think the Cowboys will get it done. But thank you very much, Arthur, for joining Locked On Cowboys. My pleasure. Enjoy the game. All right. That will do it for this episode of Locked On Cowboys. Again, follow me on Twitter at Drew Davison, D-A-V-I-S-O-N. Shoot me an email, ddavison at star-telegram. And make sure you tune in tomorrow. I will have sound from the locker room. Dak Prescott met with reporters as well as Ezekiel Elliott. So make sure you tune in tomorrow. Until then, take care. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. The list.